we've talked in weeks past, not only did John the Baptist teach this, Jesus taught it, he commissioned the twelve to teach it, preach the kingdom of God is here, heal the sick, release the dead, uh, cast out devils, and freely you receive, freely give. He's commissioned the seventy, he's commissioned the church. Paul, we spent some time last week, Paul preached about the kingdom of God is here. Jesus, 40 days between his uh, resurrection and his, uh, excuse me, his ascension, spent 40 days, his last days on earth, at, between the resurrection and going and sending to heaven, he spent 40 days teaching on the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here. We taught we passed in, in Luke 17, 21, Jesus told uh, the, the religious leaders who were questioning him that the kingdom of God is not here, the kingdom of God is not there, the kingdom of God is within you. And as he told Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot enter the kingdom of God, he went on to say. For what is flesh is flesh, and what is spirit is spirit. And we are not just flesh. Paul says we know no man after the flesh. For he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become, that we might be born of the righteousness of God in him. Peter says that we are not born we are born again not of corruptible seed, natural seed, but of incorruptible seed. Christ, his seed. And that we are born again of this incorruptible seed by the word of God. And we're going to get into some of that today. But the kingdom of God is here. And the kingdom of God is not just here in in, in a physical form. The kingdom of God is is within you. He told Pontius Pilate in John 18 that my kingdom is not of this world. It's not a natural kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. So it's also not limited by other sources. It's not limited by natural sources. It's not limited by politics. Thank God. It's not limited by the religious systems. It's not limited by man. The kingdom of God is not of this world. It's of a different world. And it supersedes any other kingdom. I mean, we know that he is a king of all kings. Christ has redeemed us from the, the, the kingdom of darkness and translated to the kingdom of his dear son. It says in Revelation chapter uh, 5, verses 9 to 10, that he has redeemed us by his blood, and he has made us to be kings and priests to rule the earth. We have received, it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, that we have received a kingdom that will not be shaken. We are to pray and seek first the kingdom of God. That his kingdom come, that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The scriptures are full of the kingdom of God. And we need to unravel them. We've been trying to unravel some of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And, and the kingdom of God is here. But as true as that is, I'm not just trying to teach theology that the kingdom of God is here. My heart is, how do we get the kingdom to work? How do we get the kingdom to activate? How do we get the kingdom to become a reality in our lives? I don't want it just to be a thought, a theology, a doctrine, but I believe the kingdom of God is here to reign. You can't have a kingdom without a king. And a kingdom and a king is no king if it's not reigning. If something is reigning over it, it is king, not the king. That makes sense? A king is where a king has dominion. And we've used this definition from the beginning of the series that, uh, regarding the kingdom of God, but it's the redemptive saving rule and reign of God in our lives. The redemptive saving rule and reign of God in our lives. Paul said that 
through the one, uh, through the uh, through the one Adam, death once reigned. But how much more those who receive the the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign, not could reign, not should reign, but will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. From Adam to the from the fall of Adam to the cross, death reigned. Death was on the throne. Death was in control. Death was uh, had the upper hand in that sense. But through the cross, much more. I, you know, uh, I didn't mean to go here, but I'm already going here. I'm just doing a lot of recap right now. But how many of you know that uh, God did not create sin? He did not create sickness. He did not create division and divorce and all these different things that happen in, in, in people's lives. He didn't, ha he didn't create the curse. He didn't curse man. He created man in his own image. In his own likeness, he created him. But sin, man, when man sinned, he died. And, 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 and I'm not going to go through it all but right now, but, but death reigned. And there's been people's lives, sickness is reigning in people's lives. Lack is reigning in people's lives. Sin of various kinds is reigning in people's lives. Other addictions are controlling their lives, their thought life, and, how, and whatnot. Uh, there's divorce and division and strife and envy that is controlling people's thoughts. Depression and, and, and other emotional trauma that is uh, uh, reigning in people's lives. But as much as that has been reigning in people's lives since Adam, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, they will reign in the life of the one, Jesus Christ. Amen? All that was kind of a recap of some things that we were talking about. You'll have to listen uh, to the previous sevens, uh, seven lessons that we've been talking about this. But since last week, we started going in another direction a little bit, in a sense. Building the foundation that we've laid in the, in the previous uh, lessons. But we've been trying to switch gears to how does the kingdom of God work? How do we get it to manifest? We realize this here. We realize it's within us. But how does the kingdom work? How does it manifest? How do we activate it? I mean, you know, it's not by might, it's not by power. But it's by his spirit, says the Lord. It's not by willpower. It's not by the flesh. It's not by, you know, how many of you know that when we try to do it by the flesh, we will become frustrated? It won't work. We will be frustrated if we try to operate the kingdom of God or even the principles or the promises of God in the flesh. Um, we, it's by the power of God. It's by the kingdom of God. And it's, it's a kingdom, but there's rules and there's, there's laws and there's, 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 uh, there's principles by which how the kingdom works. And I think a lot of people in the body of Christ today, they understand the kingdom of God in the sense that it's here. And they, they, they embrace the term, they embrace it, but they're frustrated. Because they don't see a manifesting. It kind of goes with Philemon 1.6 that says that the communication of your faith becomes effectual as you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. The reverse of that, that verse is truth. That, that the communication of your faith can be ineffectual if you don't acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. You already have the kingdom of God in you. It won't become effectual until you acknowledge it. That's he. That's huge. And uh, we're going to go back into that. And uh, again, like I said, we need to operate from a kingdom perspective. And a lot of us have received the kingdom, 
But we're not living our life through a kingdom perspective. We're living our, we've received it, but it's dormant. We are living from a pers natural perspective. Uh, we are not living with a, it has not revolutionized, we have not been transformed in that sense by the renewing of our minds of a kingdom perspective. There might be some areas where we have been transformed, but I don't know about you, but I want all that God has for me. I want to operate all that God has called me to do and called me to be. But I need to change my perspective from a kingdom perspective. Amen? Okay? So with that in mind, let's go back to, we're going to spend some more time here in Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. We spent some time in here already. And we'll probably pick it up in verse 3, Matthew 13. We're going to pick it up, verse 3. Now, let me just say this. Uh, in Mark's, in Mark's uh, version of the parable of the sower, uh, he makes this statement from Jesus that if we need to understand this parable, because if we don't understand this parable, we won't understand any other parable. This is the, kind of the, 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 the parable of all parables, if you will. That's why we're spending some more time with this. So let's read some context here and get to where, where I want to go this morning. And then he said, Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on the stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and took them. But others fell on a good ground and yielded a crop some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came to him, verse 10, why do, and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, heaven. But to them it has not been given. For whoever had to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. <coughs> Therefore I speak excuse me. Therefore I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see. So how do we see? How do we see the kingdom of God? We must be born again. But, but go back to verse 13. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because the seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Keep keep phrase there, nor do they understand. We'll come back to that. And then, then the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. It says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand. And seeing you will see, and not perceive. But the hearts of this people have gone dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. And their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, that I should heal them. Verse 16. But blessed are your eyes, for they see. And again, how do we see? We must be born again to see the kingdom of God. And your ears, for they hear. Verse 17. For surely I say to you, that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see, and did not see it, 
and they hear what you hear, and do not hear. Verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word, word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart, and this is he who received the seed by the wayside. <clears throat> but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world, and the seedfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. Verse 23. But he who received this receives seed on the good ground. It's he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now I know I read a long portion of text between verses 3 and verse 23. But I want to go back to verse 18 as we get to, uh, the, actually verse 19, as we get to the, Jesus explaining the parable. First point I want to make here, verse 19, it says, And when anyone hears, and we talk a lot about hearing the word of God, and we're going to talk about a little bit more about that this morning as well. But when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, the word is a seed. It's a parable of the sower. When anyone hears, when anyone receives, and he even echoed that when he explained that, when he told the parable, if anyone has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Jesus said that the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. All scripture is God-breathed. It's breathed by his spirit. It's spirit and life. The word of God is a seed. The word of God is a sperm. It's a, it's a, it's a spirit of God. Um, I'm not going to go into all that right now. But the word of the kingdom. See, where I'm getting at, just as we... And, and, kind of introduction, but it's also a major point I'm trying to make this morning, that the kingdom of God comes by the word. The kingdom of God comes in seed form. That's how the kingdom comes. That's how the kingdom is conceived. That's how the kingdom is born in you. When Jesus said the kingdom of God is in you, it came to you in seed form. You are born again of incorruptible seed. By the word of God. By the seed of God. You are born again. It's a seed. Unto us a child is born. A seed. Unto us a son is given a seed. And the government will be on his shoulder. The seed. It's in the seed. Everything an apple tree needs. The, the, from the, from the, 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 the trunk to the roots to the, to the sap to the blossoms to the leaves to the apple to the seed in the apple. Everything that seed needs is in the seed. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is in you. And it is conceived. It comes but in seed form. Seed, time, and harvest. Okay, it comes by the word. It's the word of the kingdom. It's the seed of his kingdom. It's the, he, there's another parable he shares in Matthew 13. It's like a mustard seed. It's, it's, it's like a treasure in the field. It's a seed. 
people are looking for some big, big, big thing. But the kingdom of God is in seed form. It's in the word. It's the word. It's the seed of the kingdom. See, the power of God is in the seed. <clears throat> the power of God is in the word. The power of God is in the gospel. We talked about, see, we talked about this from the beginning of the series that Jesus went about in Matthew 4.23. He says that Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in the synagogues the gospel of the kingdom. Paul says in Romans 1.16, we've talked about this many times in this church, but in Paul 1.16, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believeth. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. It's not could be, it's not should be, it's not would be. The gospel is the power of God. And when you say that word power, the word dynamis in the Greek, it is the, it's defined as the miracle working power of God inherited by nature. Excuse me. The gospel is the miracle working power of God and is inherited by nature when you were born again. Of not, and how were you born again? Not of incorruptible, not incorruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, by the seed of God. The gospel is the miracle working power of God that is inherited by nature when you were born again. To, and, and I love the King James when it says, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, unto experiencing salvation. We understand in this church, salvation, soterian, the root word, sozo, mean, is an all-inclusive word that it means wholeness, healing, prosperity, deliverance. It's not just forgiveness of sins. It's, all, it's an all-inclusive world. Jesus took your sin. He took your sickness. He took your curse to the cross, and he crucified it. The gospel is the power of God to experience salvation. It's the miracle working power of God and it was given to you by nature when you were born again. And it's available to, key phrase though, to experience salvation to everyone who believeth. You must believe it to activate it. It is the power of God. Everything that, that apple seed needs is in that seed. But you must plant it. You must you must plant it. You must water it by the word. You must give it sunshine. You must plant it. That seed will do nothing if it's dormant. That seed will do nothing if it's not planted. But if you plant that and you nurture it in good soil, it will produce what it has been designed to produce. The word of God is the power. The word in the kingdom is in the word. But you must receive it. You must hear it. You must receive it. You must water it. And it will perform. The kingdom of God comes by seed form. But you must hear it. See, in this parable of the sower, Jesus gives four kinds of soil. One's the wayside. One's the stony soil. Or stony ground. One is the thorny ground. And the fourth is good soil. And even it has different levels of 30, 60, and 140. We'll get to that in a few moments. But it's the same seed. 
harvested in different kinds of soil. The seed is not the problem. The word of God is not the problem. The gospel is not the problem. The power of God is not the problem. It's the soil. Depending on the soil will depend on whether that seed will produce. Whether that seed will, 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 be, will be taken away by the fowls of the air. Or whether that seed will be taken away by... Um, it will come up, it will sprout quickly, but has no root system. And it, or, and it will just die, it will just shrivel up. Or whether that seed is, it grows, but it's choked out by the cares of this world, the seedfulness of riches, the lust for other things. Or whether that seed is, 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 is conceived, it germinates, it gestates, and it grows into maturity to produce what it's called to produce. That make sense? But the kingdom of God comes in seed form. The kingdom of God is here. And if you have received the Christ, the kingdom of God is in you. You have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son. You have received everything you need for life and godliness, and it's already in you. But it needs to be watered. It needs to be understood. It needs to be heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. We need to hear and continue to hear. And we need to hear. I mean, you know you can talk to someone, they're hearing, but they're not hearing. Have you ever had a conversation with someone? They're hearing the words you say, but they're not hearing the message you're saying. We've had a lot of that lately. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. But they're hearing the words we're saying, but they're not hearing the message. And, uh, you know, I... I can't. I, I, we can. You can. You can speak things, but you can't change the receiver. You can't change the soil. I mean, anyway, I, there's a lot I can expound on. But some people won't receive from God because they already have a, a perceived expectation of, what, of how they view God, and they're not going to receive. The soil is not receiving. Anyway, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here and some some notes. But um, see, the word of God is in, is in uh, the word of God, the seed of God, the seed, the kingdom is in us, and it's the word. It's the word of the kingdom that is changing our attitudes. It's the word of the kingdom that is changing our marriages. It's the word of the kingdom that is changing our health. It's the, they were healed by His word. It's the word of the kingdom. That is changing their finances. It's the word of the kingdom that is changing their lives. It's the kingdom. It's Christ. It's Christ who has changed my life. It's the word of the kingdom that is changing my circumstances. That makes sense. But the types of soil determines when how it's received. See, let's go back to let's go to. Uh, Verse 19, this is verse. Again, when anyone hears, and we talk, Jesus talks a lot about hearing in this parable. Between the giving of the parable and the explanation of the parable, he talks a lot about hearing. He says, anyone who has ears to hear, let him hear. He says, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for you hear. We need to hear it. But he also says, 
Anyone who hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. There's people who they have heard, but they don't understand it. How many of you know that God, Jesus did not call us to make converts. He called us to make disciples of all nations. We are the disciple people. The church that God has given us apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, missionaries to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Our job is to disciple people. Now, word disciple and the word discipline are very close in the, in the, in the, in the original language. We, it, there's a discipline to it. We must be equipped by the word of God. The, the apostles spent three and a half years with Jesus. Paul spent three and a half years in Damascus after he was saved. We need to be discipled and establish who we are. We need to hear the word of God and receive the word of God and let it be watered and gestate and grow so there can be a root system of who we are in Christ. But some people hear the word of God, but they don't understand it. Whose fault is that? God. Us. The soil. Some people refuse to understand it. They don't have the patience for it. They don't have the desire to understand it. They hear it, but they don't understand it. There's some people they don't want to understand. They refuse to understand. And that is not we. In other words, that tells me something. You know, we can choose to hear or not hear. We can choose to understand or not hear. It is our responsibility to hear and understand God's Word. I, I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life I don't understand it. I don't understand God's Word. And there's, there's, we're even in a situation right now, we don't understand what's going on. But we have to choose to let God reveal it by His Spirit. We can choose to get frustrated and frazzled, and the temptation has been there many of the times, daily. But we have to choose to let God understand what we need to know. Not what we think we need to know, but what we, God, we need to understand. And I might not understand everything going on. I might not understand what other people are doing. But the one thing I know I can't understand, if I allow myself to, I can understand what God says. I can understand what his word says. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Guard your heart without diligence, because out of it come the issues of life. I might not understand a lot of things, but there's one thing I, can, I know I can do. I can hear his voice. And I can, be, I can be stand on his word. And it says in Ephesians, when we talk about the armor of God, that we, when we've done all to stand, we stand, therefore. And sometimes it's hard, but I can build my house on the rock of his word, on the rock of his seed. I can be established in Christ. The winds and the storms may come, but those who will obey his word, those who respond to his word, there will not be a destruction. We must be planted in the word of God. We must understand him. See, the word of God is not the ink. The word of God is, is not the religious pages. It's the person. And his name is Jesus. And the word of his kingdom. I want to receive it and I want to understand it. If I don't understand his word and the word of his kingdom, it says that the fowls of the air, the birds will come and steal the seed. That's what it says. That's what it says. 
Uh, you know, I understand in the wicked one, and if you read the original, when he gave the parable, the birds come and they take the word away. I've seen God, I said, I said that wrong. I've seen that happen with people. The fowls come and snatch the word away. And what was sown in his heart, this is he who received the word by the wayside. But he who received the seed, he who received the seed on the stony places, verse 20, this is he who hears the word. Every, every classification of the soil, you're going to hear that they heard the word. That's key. That's how we receive it. You can't receive the word of God without hearing it. And in the book of Acts, you will see this, this repeated all the time. They heard the word of God, they believed it, and were saved. They heard the word of God, believed it, and were saved. They heard the word of God, believed it, and were saved. We must hear it. But it's up to us to receive it. And it's up to us to understand it. I understand the process of understanding it. We're going to need to be taught. And we're going to need to sit under someone who can explain it to us at times. But we make that effort. We take that discipline to understand it. We cultivate the soil so we can receive it. A farmer is like, I planted it, but it didn't harvest. Whose fault is it? The farmer. The farmer needs to, 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 to cultivate the soil, the atmosphere for that seed to produce. That makes sense? Um, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. We've seen people like and I know there's been times even in my life I've been tempted with that. When tribulation and hardships come, are we going to endure by His grace? Or are we going to cave in and quit? And give, don't get me wrong, there's been times I have been tempted with that myself. So I'm not condemning people. But and they received the word with joy. But there was no root system. I mean, we know that when, and when you, if you're going to have a root system, there's one thing that takes place that you, ha that you have to be willing to do, and it takes time. It takes time to develop a root system. You cannot develop a root system overnight. We need to develop a root system. We need to be establishing God and His Word, and that takes discipline. That takes time. That takes willingness to not just hear the word, but continue to hear that word. Let it be nurtured and grow and gestate. Because how I many we know tribulate we are not promised that we won't endure tribulation and persecution. It will come. The storms of life will come. But he who builds his house on the rock, he who is established and understands the word of God, they're not gonna be taken away by the fowls of the air. They're not going to be taken. They're not going to give up and quit when tribulation comes. The devil is after the seed. He does not want the seed to grow in your heart. He wants to shipwreck your faith. It's a fight of faith. Does it make sense? And we need to understand and, and, and be rooted in His Word. We can't just be. I love it when people hear the Word of God and receive it with joy. That is the response we want from people. Is it not? Don't we want people to receive the word of God with joy? 
But it, we have to be careful that they don't just receive it with joy and not have a root system. That makes sense. Because a lot of people, they, they, they're on a, in a sense on a spiritual high. Because they receive it with joy. And that is wonderful. That is good. There's nothing wrong with receiving it with joy. We should receive it with joy. It's better than the opposite. Receiving it with an with, with attitude. You're not going to get. You're not going to develop a root system if you don't receive it with joy. So they're, 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 we're not trying. We're not speaking the opposite. We don't want you to receive it with an attitude. We want you to receive it with joy. But the key is that we need to receive it and and and, and through seed time and harvest. See, we are such in a microwave generation. We want to receive. We want to receive it and see a result. But not. Part of what I'm getting at this morning is that the kingdom of God comes in seed form, but if it comes in seed form, we cannot abort the process of seed time and harvest. We're going to eat, if we don't do seed time and harvest correctly, we will have what they call a miscarriage. Or we will abort the seed. Our premature birth. But we need to allow the seed to gestate. And grow. That make sense? Okay. Let me just make this video. We're going to share this in a few moments. But when someone knows that they're pregnant and it's in the proper context of marriage and they're healthy, usually the first thing is joy. They're excited. They tell everyone they're excited. They're pregnant. Despite maybe some of the other symptoms that will soon come if they haven't come, perhaps morning sickness and. Moods, moods changes and different things. I'm not trying to be mean or whatever, but we've been, we've, we've heard this from the, uh, I mean, I'm saying I've heard this because I'm a guy. I've never experienced this. And it might be six months before they start showing. But at the beginning, though, they received it with joy. And they want the harvest. They want the result. They want that baby. But as they get into other trimesters of that term, there are going to be some times they want to be done with this thing. But you can't, you can't, have, you can't have that baby prematurely. You can't abort the process. And you don't want a miscarriage. You want to come full term. But it needs to endure that nine months. And then there comes a season in the night, but you just know they're ready to pop. Ready to come out. And I know I'm being facetious, because, but I know I, anyway, I, I have and will never experience those sensations. Okay? But at the same point in time, and I'm using that only as an illustration. But spiritually speaking, when the tribulations come, when the hardship comes of that pregnancy, spiritually speaking, some people want to get out of the dodge. They want to quit. They received it with joy, but now it has become too hard. And pregnancy can be one of the hardest things a, a woman goes through on a physical level. But and they received it with joy. And that, am I making sense? I'm just using this as an illustration. 
We cannot give up prematurely. We must allow. There is a seed time and harvest. And we can't micromanage or microwave the time. We can't cheat on that. We can't speed it up. We must allow seed time and harvest. We must allow the Word of God to germinate and just to grow. The third ground, let's go to verse um, 22. And now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word of God. Again, same. All th other, the other ones heard the word of God too. And the cares of this world and the sequelness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. I believe this is where most people are at. Most people in the church are at this level. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that in a, in, a, in a judgmental way, but I believe most people are here. The word of God is in their hearts. But the cares of this world, the sinfulness of riches, and lots of other things. See, the, the Word of God has entered your heart, but other things, other seeds, I've talked about this in times past, other seeds that are growing in their, in their heart have grown and choking it out. See, the cares of this world, they're, they're, there's their focus. The Word of God is there, but there's other focuses. There's other energies. There's other things that are choking out the seed. The cares of this world. Just the cares of this world. Just the distractions of this world. The cares of this world. It might not be necessarily always lust for other things. But how do you know there's a, also the deceitfulness of riches? Deceit. When you're deceived, you don't know it. There's a subtle, there's a, there's a subtle way that the enemy just distracts you. And it can be a good thing. It can be family. It can be ministry. It could be godly things. But they the cares of this world are choking out the seed. Again, the word is not the problem. The seed is in you. They heard it. They received it. It entered into the heart. The same, you, in other words, I'm also speaking, you have in you the same seed that Jesus had. You have in you the same seed Paul had. You have the same seed that all the other apostles had. The same seed is in you. The seed will work. But what kind of soil has received and is understanding the Word of God? The Word of God is not the problem. The seed is not the problem. It's not God. It's the kingdom of God is not inactive. The kingdom of God is not having a problem. The soil, the heart is the issue. Let me just say this, and we talk about this even with the tares and other things that we talked about. Some have, some people have so, so many traditions and religious thorns and tares in their heart that in their, in that those thorns are chunking out the word of God. That makes sense. Sometimes our traditions and our religious mindsets have choked out. You know, there's a phrase that I've been hearing repetitively lately. And it's this phrase, my reality, or your reality. I understand that. I understand that in the sense that I cannot override your reality. If your heart, your soil, has a perspective on something, especially if there's a hardness about that, 
There's a verse, I think I shared it recently, but it's in Samuel, that stubbornness is like adultery. Idolatry. Did I say that right? And in the same context, he's, he talks about how rebellion is, is a witchcraft. And some of us, through our religious and even our traditions, we can become very stubborn. And that's that tradition, that religious mindset can become like an idol. And when it becomes so much your reality, that the, the, I think the problem I have with that whole phrase is the word your. It's your reality. As if you own it. As if the word of God and the kingdom of God must bow down to the lordship of your reality. Something's wrong with that. This, this whole your reality or my reality, however, whatever pronoun you want to put on that. It's the same pronoun some other humanistic circles are using today. I've heard something, I didn't necessarily want to hear it, but I was, it was being shown in the living room at a friend's house, but uh, there was debates with people who didn't understand gender. Debating what, between male and female and any other gender that they were <laughs> coming up with. I mean, in my, my, my heart, I'm just laughing. How, how stupid can you still get? Just a fact of life, just male and female. But there were people arguing under the pretense of their reality. There's also other groups with unnatural relations and different things that will also argue their reality. I'm not against people. I'm not against different things. But when your reality becomes such a, a stronghold that it, the, the word of God, the kingdom of God, must bow to your reality, something is wrong. Every, he, every king will, every kingdom will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And it must bow, my reality must bow to the kingdom of God. And if my reality does not line up to the word of God's kingdom, then folks, something is amiss. Something is wrong. And I will promise you, that the kingdom of God will not be limited in its effect in your life. It will choke out. It will choke out. It will snuff out the kingdom and the fruitfulness of the kingdom of God in your life. Because the kingdom, the word of God comes by seed form. And your reality and the reality of God cannot coexist and be fruitful. That makes sense? Okay. But the good soil. See, one thing I'm trying to establish, I'm not trying to counter so much other things, although the Word of God will counter uh, wrong teachings and wrong philosophies. 
But one thing I want to resound and say, the Word of God works. The seed will work. That apple seed will produce apples if it is sown in good soil. It's been destined. And how was it destined? By the Word of God. God spoke to that apple seed and said, this is how you will operate. There is a seed in us. It's the Word of God. It's the nature of God. We were born again by the seed. The Word of God, we were born again by the Word of God. We were born by the seed. That is our nature. That is who we are. At its core, that is the source by which how the kingdom of God works. The gospel is the power of God. That miracle working power of God that was inherited by what? Nature. We were, it was inherited by when we were born again. Our born again nature is the word of God, is the seed of God, is God breathed. For all scripture is God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness of the man of God might be fully equipped for every good work. That makes sense? But my main point I'm trying to make here is the word of God will work. But don't receive it. And you don't understand. Let's go back here, verse 23. It says, But he who received the seed on the good ground. We need to see this. For he who received the seed on the good ground is he who first hears the word of God. All other soils heard the word of God. All of them heard it. One springed up in joy, one was chucked out. Even the one that fell on the wayside, they heard the word of God. But they didn't understand it. Other things, they heard the word of God, but they also heard other things. And those other things chunked out the word. They heard the word of God with joy, but they also understood that we're going through trials and tribulations and persecutions. And that choked out and that snuffed out and they quit. That the wayside, they heard the word of God, but they didn't understand it. It's not the word of God, it's not the sea's job to understand itself. It's the soil that needs to hear it and understand it. The seed can't understand it for you. You must understand it. And, 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 and you're like, how is it my fault I don't understand it? Well, get under some teaching. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. I've been there for some time I don't understand it. I say, God, please explain this to me so I can understand it. It's not the seed's job to understand it. It's your job. It's the soil's job. Allow him to cultivate your soil. Cultivate the atmosphere. Who's teaching you? What are you listening to? See, in Mark's translation of the parable of the sower, and also in Luke's translation of the parable of the sower, Mark and Luke, I forget who says what and how they say it, but one of them says this, take... They're quoting Jesus, so Jesus said it, not Mark and not Luke. But, but the way Mark and Luke record it says, take heed what you hear. And the other, the other translation says, take heed, take heed how you hear. What you hear and how you hear it is very important. Many of us are listening to the Word of God, but we're also listening to other kinds of garbage and other kinds of voices and other things, good voices, noble voices, that are coming here and they're chucking out and they're snuffing out and the thousands of the air are coming and taking the seed. That makes sense? 
We must understand it. We must guard our heart to understand the Word of God, the Word of God's kingdom, to change our perspective, to hear it and to see it and understand it so that we can live by it, so that it can produce. Because the seed is in good soil. If the seed of God is heard and the seed of God is understood, it, not you, but it will produce a harvest, a hundred, sixty, and thirty-four. You can't produce anything. But the word of God in you can. It will produce. And if you are trying to make it happen, that's the problem. God's word will perform. But it needs a heart to hear it and understand it. That makes sense? See the good soil. The word of God, the seed will work. The word has the see the word, the seed has the life. Not you. The word has the power to change your life. The word has the power to change your circumstances. The word has the power to change your destiny. The word has the power to change your But it needs to be heard. It needs to be understood. That makes sense. Let's switch gears a little bit here. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. That took a lot longer to talk, teach than I thought. But Luke chapter 1, for time's sake, we're going to pick it up verse 35. But let me just kind of set the scene here. This is the scene of the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and announcing the birth of Jesus. We all know Mary was a young virgin. She was betrothed to Joseph, but they were not married. She was a virgin. And the angel Gabriel came to her and said that you are, you are going to have a son. And his name is Jesus. Mary was young, but she wasn't stupid. She had a very simple question. Because she understood the facts of life. And she just had a simple question. How may this be? Since I have not known the man. Again, I'm not trying to be crude. I'm not trying to be... Uh, rid of any sort. But she just had a very simple question. How can I give a son if I've never known a man? How is this going to work? A plus B equals C. But there's a missing ingredient. A virgin, a woman, doesn't have a seed without a man. There is no seed. How can you have a son without a seed? How can you have, it just doesn't work. So she's asking a very logical, sincere question. She's not disbelieving. She's just curious, how's this going to work? You know? Um, and the, but that's where we pick it up, verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. 
Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. The male carries the seed. God is going to conceive the seed into her. Adam was the first Adam. He was the first man. Jesus is going to become the second Adam. Let me just say this. I don't have time to teach all this right now. But even if we, you and I, had never committed a sin, by nature we are still sinners. Because we are all born of Adam's seed. Through all the generations, throughout all the different races, we all come back to the same seed, Adam, naturally speaking. But Jesus not only did not commit a sin, he also was not born in sin. He was born by the Spirit of God. We too are born again, not a corruptible seed, Adam, but of incorruptible seed, Jesus, by the word of God. First Peter 1.23. That makes sense? I know our natural minds cannot understand this. As Jesus told Nicodemus, unless we're born again, we cannot see the kingdom of God. But you and I, we are born again. No disrespect to our natural father. But my natural father is not my father. Jesus is my, God is my Abba. God is your Abba if you're born again. That make sense? Paul says we know no man out of the flesh. So is this just a bunch of Christianese jargon? Or do we believe the word of God? Well, he's my father. And there is no sin in that, in that heritage. My righteousness is from him. I have been become, I have been born of the righteousness of God. Verse 36, now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, which is John the Baptist. And this is now the sixth month for her who has, was called barren. Verse 37, for with God nothing will be impossible. Verse 38, now. Then Mary said, <clears throat> Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Explanation mark. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Verse 45. Scroll down if you will. For indeed, as soon as... I'm sorry. No, verse 45. I was reading 44. Blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Yes, I'm going to scroll back up to verse 38. Especially that phrase, let it be to me according to your word. Mary asked a very sincere and logical question, how can this be? Mary experienced one of the greatest miracles, naturally speaking, that anyone has ever experienced a virgin birth. There has only been one and there will never be a second. But there was one virgin birth. And it's, that's a miracle. That is not natural. It's a miracle. I want you to understand something. From creation till the birth of Jesus, there have been hundreds of prophecies spoken about this child. There's been hundreds of promises given to us about the Son, this Messiah. When Mary said, let it be unto me according to your word, all of those promises could be fulfilled. 
in her womb because she not only heard the word of God, she believed it and received it. And that word was conceived. I believe that the moment Mary said those words, let it be unto me according to your word. I believe in that instance, Jesus was conceived in her womb. She heard the word, she believed it, and received it. But I believe also Gabriel gives us a, gives us a major key, unlocks a major key in her answer to Mary in verse 35. We're going to spend some more time on this next week. I'm not going to have a, I'm not going to go in there today to, to expand on this as much as I want to because I have a whole lot to say about this. But the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. There's a lot I want to say about this. I'm going to tell those things I'm going to have to hold for next week. But I believe, see, you can have a seed and it can be dormant for hundreds and thousands of years until it's planted and watered. And a lot of us, we have received Christ. And this is not a put down. But his seed has been dormant in many ways. And God, the seed is there. The kingdom is there. The kingdom comes by seed form. But you, we need the Holy Spirit to water that seed. And when the Holy Spirit waters that seed, bam! It happens. That makes sense. The Word of God is not the problem. And some of us have heard the Word of God. In that sense, we've received it. But it hasn't been watered. And it needs to be watered. And I'm not saying it hasn't been watered at all. Some, that may be the case. But it needs to be watered. By who? The Holy Spirit. The Word of God. But I believe in the same way that Mary said, let it be unto me according to your word. All of us, when we heard the gospel, we believed the gospel, and we received the gospel, we received Christ and his seed. The same way Christ, Mary received Jesus literally in her womb as a baby as a fetus and that whole natural process. You and I, when we heard the gospel and we said, let it be unto me according to your word that we heard, we received salvation. The same way. The gospel is the power of God. The miracle working power of God. The greatest miracle we could ever receive is receiving Christ. When we received Christ, we were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. His kingdom is here. It's now. But where I'm trying to go with all this is, because we've established that point, is how does it work? The kingdom of God is a seed. The kingdom of God is here. And we need to believe it. We need to perceive it. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to water it. The power is in the seed. The answer is in the seed. The kingdom of God is in that seed. But we, some of us have aborted that seed. Some of us have, got, have, have had a miscarriage with that seed. Am I making sense? 
We need to allow the Holy Spirit to water that seed. Let me just say this. And I don't want to spend a lot of time with this. I just want to make this in passing. The, the same angel, Gabriel, came to Zechariah as he was going through the customs, the religious customs that they had. And told him about the, the birth of John the Baptist. But John the, Zachariah didn't ask a question. He questioned the answer. He questioned the angel. And I'm not going to go into all of that right now. But the angels uh, made, made Zachariah be mute. How many of you know the power of life and death and the power of our tongue? And the angel was not going to let Zachariah by his mouth mess up the plan of God. That makes sense? And, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time with that. But Mary was a different spirit. She believed it. She believed it. She received it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We are to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Mary believed it, and she said, I love her words. Let it be to me according to your word. What has God spoken to you? What has the kingdom of God spoken to you? Let your response be the same as Mary. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary didn't do anything. She just believed it, received it, and it was conceived. And once it was conceived, and once it was watered by the Holy Spirit, she could do nothing to stop it. Yes, she could abort it. Yes, she could have a miscarriage. Yes, she in different things of that nature. But the seed was going to grow off by itself. That making sense? We can choose to abort it. So in that sense, we have that control. But at the same point in time, if we if we will water the seed, if we it there's nothing we can do to stop it. We can we can't help it along faster. We can't, we just need to nurture it. It's just like a woman who's pregnant, she just needs to take care of her body. She'll be, she'll be told how she needs to eat and act and things she shouldn't do to solution God's problems. But we need to allow the Spirit of God to, to, to water that seed. The, the, the power is in the seed, not you. You start watering. Right now we're getting a lot of rain in Southern California, which is rare. But we get a lot of rain. And there's a lot of seeds that are out there. Some seeds have been dormant for a while. Some of them are weeds. I get it. And some different things. But they're going to start growing naturally. And unless you pluck it up, it's going to grow. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yes, you can go pluck it up. But and if you don't eat, there's nothing you can do to stop it. That makes sense? The kingdom of God is here. But the power is in the seed. The rain just watered it. But a lot of us have a seed that came about. We need the, the Word of God to, we need the Spirit of God to water the seed that is in us. We're going to spend a lot more time next week talking about that. I'm just I'm basically out of time for today. Um, a lot more I was going to say about that. But let me just re reiterate a couple things here. The power, the power is in God, not man. The kingdom of God comes by the word. It's the word of his kingdom. It comes in seed form. We must believe the word. We must receive the word. So the word can be conceived in us. It must become personal. We must carry that word like in the pregnancy. 
at a good time to develop that. So we must carry that word. And just like a, 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 a fetus, the, the, the sperm will, will progress and gestate and grow, we need to allow the word of God to pro, pro, progress and, 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 and grow within our womb, our spiritual womb. That makes sense? The Holy Spirit will overshadow it. And let me just say this, stop just kidding me. Just like a woman can be barren naturally, some of us spiritually feel like we've been barren. But God says, I think it's Isaiah 54. I could have the reference wrong, but I know it's Isaiah 50 something. But he says, See no barren. It's time for us to see. Those of us who have not had any child, and I'm talking spiritually speaking, even physically, that applies to you. But, I'm talking about it's time to sing. It's time to sing a new song. Okay? Um, but let me just finish with this. I'm out of time. But let me just finish with this. Go with me to Mark 4, 26. And he said... The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. It should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. See, he doesn't do anything. He just sows it. He waters it. He nurtures it. He allows the Holy Spirit to do it. But he, it grows overnight. And for the earth yields crops by itself. I like that. You can't do it. It doesn't. First the blade. See the progression here? First the blade, then the head, and after the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens and immediately he puts it in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now there's more here, and I'm going to stop with that. But here's my point. There's a, lot of things I can, I was, there's a few couple things I'm going to piggyback on this. But he talked about the different stages of Bristle blade. After that, uh, let me just read that. In the head, and after that, the full grain in the head. Again, this goes back with seed time and harvest, with pregnancy, with anything else. The Word of God comes in seed form. The Kingdom of God comes in seed form. But some of us also become very impatient. And we, we put the sickle when we're still at grade one. The king, the, the, the seed will work. The seed will produce. And I'm not saying we can't have a miracle. And I'm not saying we can't have results instantaneously. But the natural course or the, I don't even want to use that word, the supernatural course, even, is seed time and harvest. And we, just because you don't see a result immediately, even when a woman hears her, she's pregnant, it might be six months before she sees evidence. She knows she's pregnant. She knows that she knows that she knows. But she doesn't see it yet. She doesn't see the child yet. There might even be labor pains and different things along the way. 
I don't want to read into that too much. But I also, the part that we don't like about seed time and harvest, we like to seed, we like to harvest. We just hate this word called time. And the word will perform. The word will perform. It may not look like it at times, but it will. Don't be in a hurry. There's a process. And let me just end with 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5. <clears throat> it says, Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers to whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building, according to the grace of God which was given to me. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But not let each one take heed from how he builds on it. For no one other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. There's a lot here that I don't necessarily, I mean, like, it's not what I'm talking about right now. But you are God's field. And in that field, is a seed. And it's the kingdom of God. It's the nature of God. It's who God is. There's a lot of different things I've said this morning, but I think one of the major things I'm trying to say is that the, the word of God works. You see, the kingdom of God comes in seed form. And it works. We're talking about the kingdom of God. And we're talking about, as we're getting to the of this series, we're talking about how does it work. It works like a seed. How does a seed work? You have to water it. You have to nurture it. You have to receive it. You have to have good soil. It can't have weeds. It can't have things choking it out. It must have a root system. It must understand the Word of God. I love it when I meet someone who not just hears the Word of God, but they desire to understand it. Because if they will take the patience if they will take the time to understand and be, get a root system and understand the Word of God, I can guarantee you they will produce 160-34. But those who receive it with joy but have no root system, those who hear the Word of God but they're distracted by many things, I'm glad they heard the Word of God. I'm glad they're saved. But I also see frustration coming. And I see... In some circumstances, they haven't given up. But someone who will take the diligence to hear the Word of God and understand the Word of God, they will understand also how the kingdom works. And when they understand how the kingdom works, that is Satan's worst weapon. Someone who knows who they are in Christ, See, he's the king of all kings. And when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. And someone who understands 
God's word, understand his kingdom, and understand his works, understand that they are kings and priests of his kingdom, then they will make the other kingdoms bow to the kingdom of God. Not their own kingdom, but the kingdom of God. That makes sense? But those who don't understand, see, that's where the communication of our faith becomes effectual as we acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus. And I'm not talking about us not knowing it theologically. That has its point. We need to understand it theologically. But we also need to understand and experience the kingdom of God working. That makes sense? Um, I don't want it just to be words on the page. Because to me, that, in the one sense, has no value. I, the Word of God is a living, active, sharper than a two-edged sword. It's alive. It's real. Lord, we worship you today. We exalt you today. We magnify your word that you say that you magnify above your own name. Lord, I know I shared many things, but Lord, I pray that this word of yours will be conceived in our hearts. That we would hide your word in our hearts so we don't sin against you. Lord, that we would have, seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. We would seek you. We would abide in you and abide in your word. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that this would become so saturated in our hearts. That we would have a kingdom perspective that would change our attitudes, our marriages, our lives, our finances, everything that concerns us. And that we would be effective in the kingdom of God, preaching the kingdom of God is here, healing the sick, raising the dead, Casting out devils. Freely we have received. Freely we give. We exalt you. We magnify you. And bless everyone that's here. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.